yes I am that's what I do I lick in your feet um is Jamie licking your feet not me just for the listener because we are a recording oh and a yawn that's a new new record for Kelly uh, yawn yeah. within the first uh, 0.4 seconds of the podcast I've had a coffee maybe I should have another one I've had a coffee that's why I'm yawning all the time have I had my <laughs> have I had my Ritalin today do oh God do you find as you get older that coffee doesn't work as well yeah yeah, yeah. I think it's like well, because what I did is I was I would usually have like two cups of coffee a day, and I've cut down to the one so that I become less desensitized to it. You know, like I feel like it, eventually over time, you know what I mean. Like mm. so, then when I do have that second, it's like pow, right in the kisser. I just don't enjoy it as much either. I feel like, I mean, when we were teenagers. I mean, I know coffee mm. existed before we were teenagers. Long but time ago when we were teenagers. The cafe, cafe culture really in Melbourne long, yeah. was really starting, like, had gone from like a, it had gone mainstream by the time we were teenagers, right? Way before a Mac Cafe. Like when Mac Cafe come in, well, it that, was like. That was late 90s, wasn't it? Well, there was no Mac Cafe in any McDonald's I worked at. No, no, I no, worked no, in no. the 90s. No, but we were late, we were in our late. Teens mm. by the end of the late nineties, and that's mm. when McCafe. So we like from the beginning of the nineties to the end of the nineties, there was a complete change in the way coffee and cafes existed in the consciousness of Australians. Mm. We, don't you think that's fair to say? Yeah. That like when we were ten years old, cafes barely existed. I remember yeah. my dad taking me to a cafe when we were like thirteen and ten. Mm. We went to Rumbarellas in. Brunswick Street, remember <laughs> Rumbarellas? Yeah. Um, and we met a couple of friend, of his friends there. And I just remember thinking it was the coolest thing in the world. I just thought it was yeah. so fucking cool. Yeah. That's when I fell in love with Brunswick Street. I was like 13 years old. I'm like, when I grow up, I'm going to live here. Because it was just like, it was proper Fitzroy. Like mm. it was full of freaks. and yeah. But like colourful and vibrant. I remember Rumbarellas was just like purple and pink and yellow and like. This is so different from Glenroy. It was though. <laughs> like it was the complete opposite. Uh, yeah. I didn't drink coffee. Um, my dad was a big coffee drinker. I didn't drink coffee. And um, I was always a Red Bull. So it took me a while before the cafe culture. Hang on. Hang on. Red Bull. Yeah, I used to drink a Red Bull, a sugar-free <laughs> Red Bull in the morning, and that would buck me up. And yeah, I wasn't until I. It would. <laughs> Yeah, and I, it wasn't until I lived in America that I started. Um, yeah, there was something like I just one day I was like, huh? Renowned and I had a their, coffee with what? Renowned for their great coffee and chocolate, yeah, America. Because I, right? I worked at a um, cafe thing, right? And I had um, so you'd get it for free and stuff. Yeah, and so I had a coffee, and then uh, I I remember I started with almond milk because I was like, huh? Like I have a latte with almond milk, and then just quite quickly I went from almond milk uh, latte to black. Yeah. Like got rid of the milk, yeah, no yeah. sugar. I remember doing black coffee and then putting sugar in it and then just not. Nah, oh, we're done. We're out of this. Full did, New York yeah. pot of black coffee. Yeah, filtered yeah, is filtered. the best. I feel. I actually feel like when I have filtered coffee in that way, that coffee actually bucks me up way more than espresso. Hmm. So, I don't know. Do you want to just turn what about, around and check on that dog? What about Nespresso? Does that do anything? Nah, no Nespresso. I just want to make sure. She's just playing. Oh, good. Because I could hear her doing something and I just thought maybe she was destroying a fucking shoe. The thing that I've learned about Jamie is if you ignore her and we don't make super loud noises, she'll eventually go to sleep. Yeah. As soon as you leave the house, this is a puppy update, by the way. Um, we have a... Well, we've mentioned it in the last couple of episodes, yeah. right, that we've got a rescue here, Jamie, and she's ready for adoption, so check out Kelly's socials for that. She's, uh, her um, name on socials is Nesta. Nesta, but we, but we call her Jamie. We'll call her yeah. Jamie. Because uh, Nesta's a shit name. Yeah. This is, yeah. should we just watch it real quick? I am one of your hosts, Dr. Damien Gibson. I didn't go to seven years of naming dog school to be called Mr. Thank you very much. And in yeah. the blue corner is the Raging Cajun. It's the woman who yeah. will literally rip your bloody arms off like Arnie Jack. Will. You will fucking, it's yeah, make Kelly, it. 
big whoop. Wanna fucking fight about it for Stuka? That's me. Wanna fight about it? Uh, so dog talk, coffee talk, that's pretty much our two areas of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing we do a lot of in this house is uh, watch stuff. Yeah. What have you been watching? Um, oh, actually, you know what? I've got a question. I've got a question because um, we haven't done these for a bit. And if you have a question for us that, like, relates around movies and TV shows, write in let us know. Um, we've had some very nice comments, but no questions. So, yeah, get them in. What's your question? What is the most fun – what's the film that you saw with friends where you had the most fun? At the cinema? Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've seen a movie with friends at a cinema in years. However, I did see before your time. I, I expected think. it to be an example from teenage, like when you. Yeah. Teenagers. Well, the last time I went to see. Trying to get um, more than one friend to be anywhere in the I same wanna, room I don't see in your forties is. I just want to hibernate. But you left alone. It's a six-month undertaking to try and get four because friends. Because we're at that age now where we people have <laughs> better things to do, like you know, family, kids, jobs, and stuff. But it always but, makes me wonder, like, were, did we actually really like each other that much when we were younger or I were just, we just well, like... <laughs> yeah, I think we just... Well, we just had the time, you know. So this was pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching... Oh, was it fucking Endgame? I, I can't remember which Marvel... I, uh, it could have been the last one. Oh, Avengers Endgame. You know, I've completely yeah. lost... Yeah. Because that would have been around... Eight, uh, 18, 19, right? What were the last two called? Endgame and Endgame Infinity was War, right? Was it Infinity Endgame War? Endgame was the last Endgame? one. But there were two parts to the last movie that were called different things. Yeah, there was the one where it ends with Thanos clicking his fingers mm-hmm. and then there's the one where he doesn't click his fingers. So it's that one, the one where he doesn't, it's the either last one. Or Thanos clicks his fingers or Iron Man clicks his fingers. Correct, Amundo. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's the Iron Man one. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. Fuck, I don't – yeah, anyway. But, yeah, it was a big um, group of us. Um, how's this for name dropping? So, it was – I remember it was Celia. Oh, here we go. Luke McGregor. Uh-oh. Ah, uh, fuck, Kaya. Uh, Reese Nicholson. Oh. Uh, Karen Wheatley. Oh, yeah. Uh, me. Um, Kelly Fistiga. Uh And uh, Nazim. Nazim. Yeah, Hello. and Nazim had to leave, like, with, like, half an hour to go because he had a gig. Oh, what? <laughs> it was early. It was like a five o'clock movie. Um, but Spoiler I think he, alert, Nazim, the good guys win. Yeah, but I think um, <laughs> I just remember it was like a thing where it was just funny because we went early and no one else had gigs, but yeah, he was just like, and he was texting during the movies to try and like get get out of it. And <laughs> but yeah, and he was like, oh, fuck, I've got to go. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but I think we went because McGregor is a massive well, he's massive, and the rest of us are kind of into it. But he, I think that was his facilitation. Mm. So that was before, mm. before any of us got married, before Kyron and Reese got married, before we met. Yeah. So yeah, it would have been, but it was pre-pandem. So it would have been yeah, eighteen, nineteen. No babies, no marriages. No. So that was the last time, and that was pretty fun. But it was, it was, it's pretty funny waiting in line. Five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Fucking it was pretty up. fun waiting in line though, because it's like, um. Just watching regular people waiting in line going and the group of people it was, no one's like, you know, Hemsworth famous, but people are pretty famous and it's just funny watching people going, is that, like they can't place people. Mm. Like some people will kind of go, oh, that's, you know, so-and-so, that's so-and-so, but it's just so funny. Like you can tell like someone's like, I'm pretty sure that person's on the ABC. Is that? Yeah, is yeah. That? And it's really cute. Especially someone like Reese, who has kind of like a stage costume. He's always very sharply dressed, like in a suit of some kind. Mm. But when you see him in real, like most yeah. of the time in real he's life, he's wearing just, slacks and a he's shirt. He's just wearing yeah. normal clothes. So he, he. But he has that like Bowie red hair. So it's like you notice him, but it mm. takes a while to, like, for your brain to click in of like, oh, yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah I feel like, yeah, it's funny. I feel like maybe. Because at the time, it also depends what's on TV at the time. So I reckon yeah, there was true. probably a bit of Rose, especially Luke and Celia together when Rose Haven is on TV, yeah. when they're out together, is always quite funny. Yeah. Because it's never or- like people like, eh! it's always people going, they're just staring because they can't figure <laughs> out, like, you know, like they're like, I just, is that? It's so know, strange. Is that, is that that's the guy? 
Or it's like, yeah, yeah, utopia thing. Anyway, but it's quite funny. Um, but before that, I don't even know. Like, I do remember seeing Scream in like 1995 at the cinemas Mate, with a bunch I, of mates. I and have got a story about Scream. Right. There. And let me just finish this one quickly. It's Saturday, uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock showing. Mm-hmm. A bunch of us teenagers go see it. It was packed, sold out, so we were at the front. And it was the first time I went and saw a movie where people were actually screaming in the cinema, like, you know, like when a shock happened, like, yeah. ah! Mm. So I remember that. And I also remember seeing Cruel Intentions with mates and we all going, ew, when they started, the girls started making out. <laughs> and you see the saliva. Anyway, you go. What's your scream Well, story? I was going to I was gonna say Cliffhanger. There were a bunch of us uh, who went <laughs> and saw Cliffhanger at Northlands. It's a Cliffhanger. I remember Jared Higgins. Jared, if you're listening, hey, man. Uh, Jared Higgins' mum, Carmel, had a seven-seater four-wheel drive and she drove <laughs> six of us out to Northland. Um, what a fucking thankless job that is being a mum. But anyway, no. so she drives us out to Northland. We go watch Clifford. We just had the best time. And you know what? Like, I watched it during the pandemic. It's a fun movie. Like, I can understand now why, like... Cliffhanger? It, yes. Oh. It's it's John Lithgow's the bad guy. Sylvester Stallone, obviously. Oh, it's a bad guy like that. I, I yeah. totally watch that movie. It's over the top. It's so insane. Sylvester Stallone's meant to be from Colorado. He's meant to be a mountain guy. He's lived there his whole life. I you know what I mean? I was, in, I was born in these mountains. Um, That's funny. But when you said Scream, I was like, oh, fuck. I can't believe I haven't told this story on the podcast before. Me, uh, my uh, best mate slash best man slash guy that I go to with everything Lucas him and I and our two girlfriends at the time I won't say their names just in case I don't know they, maybe they don't want to be associated with the two of us but anyway we had we were both seeing girls and we went uh again to no it wasn't at Northland it was like out near Epping somewhere we watched Scream I'm not usually a horror guy and um, but I enjoyed this film, and we go to the toilets. Lucas is at the like afterwards. We have to go to the toilet. Lucas is at the urinal, and I thought it would be really funny to, shit walk, your pants? to walk up to him <laughs> while he's pissing, and be like, "Do you like scary movies?" And he fucking <laughs> pissed all over the place. He's oh, like, "You fucking good. asshole!" But that's, that's not good. the end of the story. And I'm like, "Ha ha 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 ha!" We get in the car. Uh, my girlfriend met us there, so she gets in her car and drives off. And she had to go somewhere. I don't know. I can't remember why she wasn't in the car. But Lucas's girlfriend, Lucas, me, are in her car driving home. And as you drive out of the, the cinema, there's a red light there. But there's nothing else. There's nothing. Like, there's no... There's fields on one side, fields on the other. Out of fucking nowhere, <laughs> a guy in full scream killer, like, scream ghost outfit jumps out of these fucking trees, runs up to the car and goes, on the window. No way, this guy? And we freak the fuck out. We're like, ah. Who is this guy? Ah. This is not The okay. lights turn green and Lucas says to his girlfriend, fucking go. That's awful. <laughs> we drive so quickly away from it and we're like, hyperventilating we all think that we've had like a shared hallucination right because it's not and then eventually we like calm down we get closer back to Essendon where we lived and we worked out like it must have been a bunch of dudes who had like got a scream mask or something what and we're just so mean and we're just like scaring people he might not have even had a proper scream mask on it might have just been like a white mask or he had painted but it all happened so quickly he had like a big black cloak he had a big black cloak on and a white face of some description and, like, just jumped out of these bushes and bumped, like, you know, and, like, screamed mm. um, And we were fucking terrified. That's, that's a so true fucked. story. That, that is, is an fucked. absolute true story. That is a true story that can be absolutely verified by, well, at least one person because, you know, neither of us date those two so girls fucked. anymore. That's so like so, guys were just how waiting fucking terrifying around. Also, is that? How funny! It's that hilarious, it's but hilarious. also terrifying. It's actually hilarious because there's a bunch of dudes that are like, "So we got a screen mask," and what we used to do is we used to go to like some like cinema way, 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 way out. Like I don't know. Do you remember? It was might it have Northland? been Scream Two. Was it Knox Westland? And it doesn't matter anyway. So the point is, is that we used to go into the car park after the cinema and play the movie and scare guys 
in their cars. Be fucking scared. And like, I've never believed in karma more because I feel like that was the universe going. Well, you were a cunt to your best friend and scared him in the <laughs> in the toilets. So we scared you ten times more <laughs> on the drive yeah, home. That's pretty good. Um, I yeah, the commitment of those um fuckheads. That's pretty great. Well, if you live out in Epping, you probably don't have much else to do, right? Um, we grew up, we grew up in Broadmeadows, and I know we didn't have much more than that to do. What are you watching? I noticed uh, walking in here a few times. There are a few Everest documentaries. Oh uh, no, nah, nothing. I've just been rewatching a bunch of. Oh man, this bloody dog is really pushing her limits while we're recording. Hey, get out of there! Good girl, good girl. She wanted to go behind the TV where there's a bunch of wires. <laughs> good girl, good girl. Hey, maybe we should get her another carrot. Anyway, uh, no, I've been rewatching Doctor Who. Um, what have I been doing? Rewatching Doctor Who, and um, there was a yeah, there's a Amazon. Uh, Amazon Prime has a bunch of terrible documentaries, and then they're not really well made, or they're very old, or it's like maybe it's just that they're old. Anyway, there's a documentary about Everest because uh, people who know me know that I have three Roman empires. One is Everest. Second is Chernobyl, and the third is the um, Uruguayan team eating people on the mountain. So yeah, just it was just a yeah, just a documentary. But the thing is, I didn't realize it. It was just a shitty documentary on Prime, and then when I started watching it, it was a hundred percent all about the '96 Everest expedition where Rob Hall and Steve Fisher died, which mm. is one of the most famous stories. It's the one where Beck Weathers. Um, Got you know left for dead and survived. Lost his hands. It's a pretty incredible story. What have you been watching? Uh, I watched um, the Wild Bunch, which is a Sam Peckinpah film. Uh, he directed Straw Dogs. He's kind of like a precursor to Brian De Palma, Quentin Tarantino, like very vi- like very visual striking. Uh, well, very visual director, but like big into violence and stuff. Ernest like Bergnine's in it. Um, yeah, Ernest Bergnine's in it. Um, this is one of those films where like it literally has a meta score of like ninety seven or something fucking insane like that. It's a film that like is revered by film nerds and film students and all that kind of stuff. Mm. When I was at uh, film school, I don't know if I've mentioned it before. Um, uh. <laughs> I had to do a whole semester of watching westerns for this particular subject and I I watched like 19 westerns and I hated them before school, before uni. Mm -hmm. I doubly hate them now. I think they're so boring. I think they're so self-indulgent. I think they're like they actually show like I think Americans think that they're like using soft power through these films. Mm. Some of these films like Peckinpah is trying to explore the end of the West and what it actually meant to be a cowboy and all that kind of stuff and sort of showing like, oh, all these people were awful. Um, But then my whole thing is like, well, then why am I watching a two and a half hour film about a cast of 20 awful people? Uh, Also Peckinpah has like been accused of like a whole bunch of like sexual misconduct and and misogyny towards people. This film is just long and arduous and boring. There's two major set pieces at the beginning of the film and the end of the film that people rave about and then there's like two hours of nothing. Uh, The cast is, you know, they're they're all good actors. They've all done good stuff. No one jumps off the screen for me here. To me, Westerns is like country music. Like you either get it and love it or if you don't you look at it and go oh god it's so backwards and boring and Mm. um and i i just feel like i don't know i just feel like boring middle-aged men like westerns it's Mm. all the shit that they like but you know because it's a it's an era where you can portray men as being in charge women get treated like shit people can men can sort out their problems by just shooting other guys in the head it's it's a it's something the americana of it where you know, like Americans are like the good old days, American. Yeah, it's you know that, that's shit. when we were free as a people. Yeah, you know? and it's like well, it it does represent America. It represents everything that's wrong with America: violence, selfishness, greed. Like you know, everybody was out there because there was a gold rush, and you know, people. It gets painted as this thing of like, oh, well, people were just trying to be free and get their own land and blah blah. blah. Mm. It's like no, they were seagulls. They were human seagulls out there, like 
trying to fucking make their fortune, you know? And, like, that is embedded in the DNA of America that exists today. Mm. And as soon as I see it portrayed on screen, I'm just like, ah, yawn, boring. I don't – even if it's being somewhat deconstructed in a film like The Wild Bunch, I'm still, like – it just bores me. And, like, it's getting a second wind now because Quentin talked about it on his podcast. So, because Quentin talks about it, all his neckbeard disciples go off into the world and talk about how great The Wild Bunch is. But in reality, it's not a great film. Mm. You know, it's too long. There's no there's no hooks, you know, for me. Like, mm. like why do I – like, I know I'm very black and white about this, but if I don't have a protagonist that I give one fuck about, they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be Clark Kent. But if they're – if they're absolutely atrocious, like they have a gunfight around children in the first three film, uh, first three minutes of the film, mm. like children get killed, women get killed, and they're at their hand. Mm. And you're like, well, I understand the director's trying to show what it was really like in the old west, mm. but it also immediately makes me go, well, fuck these guys, who cares? And no more westerns. I just, unless it's young guns, no. <laughs> no, no Blaze of Glory, no Mc- Quick and the Dead. McCabe and Mrs. Miller is one of my favourite films of all time. And that is a Western. I've never seen that movie. Um, it's one of Robert Altman's first films. Uh, has Warren Beatty, Julia Davis in it. It's an amazing film. Um, but it's that film is saying essentially what I'm saying about the West and that, like, this is a period of America's Julie history. Julie Christie's in it. Yeah, Julie Christie. What did I say? Julia Davis. Yeah. Julia Christie, yeah, sorry. Um, it's an amazing film. I think it's maybe the best cinematography and I've ever Shelley seen. And Duvall. I need to watch this. I haven't seen this movie. It's a, the most beautiful. That and um, Lost in Translation are the two films that are like just shot Lost in so. Lost Translation, really? That are just shot so beautifully that it doesn't even really matter what's happening in the film. I could just sit there and watch it, you know, like just really? this. Yeah, the cityscapes of Tokyo are just so beautiful like i just i found that with um call me by my name it was shot so beautifully like really just i you feel like you're yeah really did establish and it was in that slow you know really just establishing like shots of a tree building up to stuff anyway Mm. so let's talk about the first thing we watched uh yeah uh which one is that you go you choose um uh, we'll talk about After Midnight first. So, um, yeah, we've been watching – we've watched maybe five or six episodes of After Midnight, yeah. which is the reboot of At Midnight, which was hosted by Chris Hardwick. Uh, this is now produced by Stephen Colbert, his production company, hosted by – is it Taylor Tomlinson? Taylor Tomlinson, whose stand-up is great. Yeah. She's really great. I, there's so many um, – I don't know. I just feel like her voice is just really – sometimes when you get too many comedians of the same era together, I feel like everyone sounds the same. Like everyone jokes about the same stuff. But mm. then every once in a while you get someone who has a – just does jokes about different stuff that is makes them – like I could name 10 female comedians right now that have the same voice. You know what I mean? Like Whitney Cummings – Eliza Slozenger, whatever mm. her name is, Nikki mm. Glazer. Like mm. I feel like they all sound really similar. Mm. Um, and they're all really funny and they all work really hard, mad respect. But, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like if I watched a special, I'm like, oh, it was good. But her stuff is yeah, on along the same vein but like just kind of funnier. Mm. I don't know. Like she just – I feel like the same way about Shane Gillis. Like there's a lot of guys like Shane Gillis out there and – a lot of people don't like him, whatever, but I find him really funny, man. You know what I mean? I feel like his point of view and his voice is very unique, mm. even though from afar he looks the same, same with Taylor. Uh, and also what I like about her hosting the show is she wears pants. Yeah. She wears pants. Every single episode she's wearing a pant. And I, I feel like – because whenever I watch um, when Seals hosts um, Thank God You're Here, she does the same thing. Yeah. And I actually really – enjoy watching a chick who's hot as guts, funny as all fuck, hosting a show, wearing pants. Mm. I know that sounds wild, but 
everyone's always wearing a dress as a chick. And as someone who barely wears a dress, I love seeing chicks looking really hot in fun fucking pants with a, you know, with a fun jacket. Like the other day she was wearing a lat, um, a, like a, um, like a silk suit. Then another time she was wearing a, like a leather jacket hosting. I was like, fuck, this is cool. Hmm. Anyway, um, I was a big fan of At Midnight and this show is good. Should be half an hour though. It's an hour. Should be half an hour. I don't know where people can watch it. Where we've got funny ways to watch it, but it's too long. Hmm. It should be half an hour, just like the other one. And though we're there, it can be tighter. There's look, and it also really depends who's on it. I feel like if the people aren't good on it, it's not a good episode. Hmm. So I don't know. What you tell me? What you think? Um. Yeah, I, I just I, it feels very safe. Feels super safe. It's on network TV over in the states. It's on CBS. So like, it's replaced James Corden's show. Good. Um, Thank yeah. fuck. I'm gonna watch this show uh, okay. every yeah. day. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. But what it means is that because of the time slot it's in, it can't be. When it was on Comedy Central, like it's on cable, it's on a comedy sh- channel. Like you have to seek it out, and so it would be more uh, risque. And I don't mean in the sense of like. Um, I don't mean risque in the sense of like you can't say anything anymore. Like just in the sense of like it would be more adult. You know, there would be more adult stuff and more adult themes, you know. Like mm. this feels safer than like the the like uh, I can't even think of a show. I can't even think of a panel show that's like safer than this. It's it's very fam like it's strange because it's on at midnight, but it mm. feels very family friendly, which is weird. Mm. And to me, no comedy person or comedian has fallen in my estimations as mm. much as Stephen Colbert in the last 10 years. Fallen. John because... Stewart's gone up in my estimations mm. and Stephen Colbert's gone down. Well, just in the sense of like, uh, I think he does an okay job of hosting, you know, I mean, he's taken over from Letterman, the big shoes to fill. Mm. I think he does an okay job. Mm. But I think what, uh, for me personally, what I discovered was that the character that he played, Colbert, was hilarious and he was great at it. And him on his own is pretty safe, pretty Christian, pretty boring stuff. Mm. Um, if I have to hear him talk about Lord of the Rings or his faith one more time on that show, I'll fucking scream. Yeah. And um, uh, that, like, that, it just feels like his fingerprints are all over this version of the show. It just feels like safe and boring and meh. I think and it's a shame. Sorry, it's a shame because there are people on the episodes that I've watched. There's people that I love, like Rob Hubel, John Gabrus, Paul F. Tompkins, Maria Bamford. I fucking love Maria Bamford. Yeah, she was but like great. The and and other people who I haven't heard of before who have come on who've done funny stuff. It's not awful. It just, I feel like it has so much potential to be so much better and Mm. I agree with you. Mm. An hour is way too fucking long Mm. (laughs) for a comedy parody. For for, for panel show. You know, like panel show, quiz show thing. Should be half an hour and I feel like, I I hear what you're saying and I agree, but I reckon if they just let this show go and let it do season two, season three, and then really start letting it find its feet, I think it will get there. And it will be great. I just, so they just need to leave it alone and just let it grow. I just don't think that's going to happen in the time slot and on the station that it's on because mm. people who have tried to do different stuff in those time slots on late night, in inverted commas, mm. people like – I mean, it, the fact that Conan stayed on TV for as long as he did was a small miracle in itself and it was only because people like Letterman went into bat for him that that happened. Mm. Craig Ferguson, from the minute he was on, they wanted to get him off. You know what I mean? Because he was doing Too such weird. fucking wild, crazy shit. It was the most interesting late night it had been for mm. decades, basically since Letterman had started. Mm. And the minute they got the opportunity to get him off fucking TV, they did. I mean, he hosts, I think he hosts Wheel of Fortune or Family, well, not Family Feud. I don't know. Supermarket, what's the supermarket? Supermarket one? Sweep. Price is Right. Price is Right. Maybe it's that. No, I thought that Drew Carey hosts that. Uh, maybe Supermarket Sweep. It's something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, he's just taken the money and run. Good. But um, so I don't think that what I'm saying is like I agree with you, but mm. I just don't think that will be given that leeway to be like we're wild and zek. Mm. Like, 
You just got to look at SNL now. SNL's on at 11 p.m. on Saturday night. It is such a... And having watched some old episodes of it and how loosey-goosey it was in the 70s. And again, Mm. this isn't me going, oh, you could say whatever you wanted. Like, this isn't Mm. me being libertarian about it and saying you can't say anything anymore. I just mean in the sense of, like, it's so... It feels like the jokes are written as if a 14-year-old's going to hear them. You know what I mean? Mm. Or, like... It feels like the joke writing is like, well, we've got to hit all four quadrants, so make sure it's. You I know think you I mean? can still be funny and still press boundaries and be f- and you know, um, but I feel like I reckon this show will get there. But this is why I'm so <coughs> interested to see Shane Gillis on SNL because after the controversy with they hired him, then fired him, mm. and now they've come back and he's hosting it. There's no way the sketches from his episode, which I think filmed last night there's no way it's not going to be teetering on a ball you know what I mean like it's going to be I don't know I just I'm really curious to see it if it's going to be cookie cutter I just don't think he'd do it maybe maybe his monologue will be you know him but at the end of the day the sketch is going to be written by the same people who wrote the sketches the week before the week before that but also did you watch they'll be boring and lame he had a sketch online he had an online sketch show and i watched uh i don't come if i showed you some of them but it was like there was a whole sketch where there was a support group for um like creepy uncles Mm. and it was so funny like when the way he comes in and they kind of talk to him like they're slow <laughs> and they're like, what you got there, Derek? What you got? What, what T-shirt you wearing? He's like, well, a T-shirt with a wolf on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and then it's like, okay. It's like, and they're showing them like Instagram pictures of like, you know, chicks in bikinis and they're mm. like, what do you do? And he's like, uh, um, tell her that she's really beautiful. No, no, she's 15. What do you do? Oh, don't see anything. Yay! <laughs> like, um, it was just really different. It was really good. I don't know. I think uh, I'm curious. After I can't. Yeah, can't wait. The, the bits and pieces of After Midnight that I think have really sung is like we watched an episode last night that John Gabris was on. I am biased. I love the Action Boys. I love John. But he's a, a fantastic improviser and he kind of just took over the show for like two minutes. And right? he like was a, funny and he wasn't like teetering on any border no, or anything. No, no, no. He Far was from funny. it. He's just sort of being silly and lovely and stuff. So funny and is so, achievable. Yeah, yeah. That, but that's what I'm saying. When it's more uh, – it's so tight and rigid, you know, it feels like and now's the time to be funny. Go, stop. You know, yeah. like – if it just was a bit more loosey-goosey and, like, they weren't so fucking worried about getting their dumb games happening and all that sort of thing, it would be a much more fun... He's funny. ...much more interesting show. It's the same problem that every fucking podcast on Earth has now, that, like, producers have come in, like, every podcast has a producer now, and they have to hit all their dumb segments and shit, mm. and it, it's boring and lame and tedious and no comedy comes from that. Like, when you just allow funny people to be funny... That's that's so much more interesting. Mm. That's so much more human and um so yeah, like I've watched four or five episodes. I haven't hated it. Will I watch any more? Probably not. Um, I don't know. Like if I hear from other people like, oh actually it's gone really good, then maybe. But if I was living in the States and it was just on at midnight, I would watch it. But it's definitely um, one of those shows that when I would come home from gigs, it would be on and I'd watch it as a you know, sit down. To fall asleep too, yeah. Well, yeah, just to calm down. Like it was uh, when I lived with Ben and Jeff, we would watch uh, uh, Family Feud The and Ice Cream Guys. Hmm? The, they were your friends who made ice cream, right? Ben, uh, made ice cream? Ben and Jeff. Ben and Jerry's? Oh, I get it. That's funny. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we are not on the same wavelength today. We've like well, yell- yelling at each joke. other. That's not a funny joke. It is. is it? No, I don't know. Probably I not. To, I had to. Well, now that we're absolutely dissecting it to death, then no, like, it's really not. I had to like really search for it. Anyway, but yeah, we used to watch that. Like, yeah, they would be stoned on the couch and I would get home. Making ice cream. <laughs> Anyway, I think I'll give three and a half grumps. I'm giving it two and a half. Yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll see who else gets on it, find its feet. 
they've just got to make it half an hour, man. It's not awful. Half an if hour. it comes under BIM, we're using a, a full uh, thingy. We're using a VPN to watch it. So, um, you know, whatever. But um, if it comes under binge, I assume it probably will. It might even show up on Channel 10 because CBS owns Channel 10. So maybe it'll show up there on. Have you seen Channel 10's thing recently? What? It's been like their app? No. They've like teamed up with this thing called Pluto TV, and Channel 10 now essentially has like 50 channels. Ah, really? Yeah. Not on free. If you go on free to air TV, it doesn't, but if you go into the Channel 10 app, there's like. Uh, they'll have like a South Park channel. They'll have like a Judge Judy channel. Oh, they'll really? have like yeah, and they're just playing episodes. Is there commercials? Like, yeah. Yeah, of course. That's how they make their money. Okay. So they're just playing Okay, so I'll watch Judge Judy. Yeah. You know what? Like I feel like someone's gonna make an app like a TV app soon that will <laughs> essentially go back to the way T V was. <laughs> where like they'll have their app, but there's a channel. That you watched, there were like movie apps that did that, where it was like you you didn't get to choose; you would just like hit the app and whatever they were playing at that time, <laughs> you would watch. Mm. Um, which obviously didn't succeed because everyone's like, "I want to watch what I want to watch now." Mm-hmm. But I think there is a market for people who are like they just want to chuck something on and have it on in the background. Mm. Channel Ten, we're on in the background. Yeah, sometimes we don't want to be left alone with our thoughts. Anyway, so that's never. Good. I never want to be left alone no, with my never. thoughts. Uh, the other thing we watched is Curb Your Enthusiasm. I feel bad. Did I actually yell at you earlier in the episode? I um, don't feel like I yelled at you. I feel like I was like, can we? I feel like we both have different tones in our voice mm-hmm. and your tone is, can I just? And my tone is, one second. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. We'll You've see. You've got a tone that I go, ugh, oh, well, we'll just see what people say once you fucking release the episode. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll just And cut you have it to out. live with it. Maybe live I'll just with cut the way it out you completely. fucking are. Anyway, uh, Curb. We watched season 12 of Curb. Man, I fucking love Curb. Shut up. Naysayers, haters at me. I don't give a fuck. The minute, the minute I start watching it and Tracy Ullman's character comes down the stairs and she's so fucking annoying, I am just up for it. Mm. It's just the minute she just comes down and he and he's just like, will you stop singing? She's like, I can't get it out of my head. And then <laughs> he goes to have lunch with um, Jeff and Susie and Susie's like, I'm physically ill. I'm so hungry. I'm starving. Larry, you're not nice the best of times. And I'm like, yes. And then he just goes to JB Smooth and JB's like, you know, I don't butt dial. I dick dial. <laughs> My dick. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Order a pizza. Man, can my dog. Dude, I'm just like A+. plus. The ending of this episode was dumb and sucked and it, I thought felt like they, they it was a long bow. But I fucking love Curb, man. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, the ending. Um, I, too, am a massive Larry David fan. I loved Curb. When Curb first appeared and we all – you know, bought the DVDs and stuff and <laughs> would binge watch it. I loved Curb, watched it a second time, watched it a third time. We started watching it again. I actually found the first season really frustrating to watch. Mm. I really dislike Cheryl, the character. Like, just dislike her because she's constantly like, you're an idiot, Larry. Why are you doing this, Larry? Blah, blah, blah. And I understand that, like, she is there to, like, cause conflict and all that sort of thing, but I just... Something about her and that actress really annoy me. I'm having um, a look to see if she's actually in this season. I don't think she is because she's gone or... No, she's got, her husband is running for president, Robert Kennedy Jr. And, and he's like he's an anti-vaxxer. He's a full anti-vaxxer yeah, psycho. Yeah, fucking psycho. Uh, so, yeah, you would be wanting to <laughs> distance yourself from that crazy circus yeah. as much as possible. Um, but there is, like I was saying to you last night, Bob, like, uh, as I've gotten older, I care less for the farce mm. side of it. So this episode we watched, which was uh, it's the last season, season 12, the first episode, there's a whole bunch of Larry stuff where, like, he gets off on the wrong foot with his house cleaner in this hotel. <laughs> uh, she thinks that he's a slob. 
Uh, that ends up with him like putting a tip on the bathroom counter, and then he blow wires, blow dries his hair, and the money goes in the toilet. It's great. And then she sees the money in the toilet, thinks that he's done it purposely, and is like, "You fucking asshole!" So then she grabs all his clothes and throws them off the balcony into a tree. <laughs> as he's walking back up to the hotel, he's like, "What are you doing?" That stuff, like, is you know, it's. Fu- I mean, he loves Mel Brooks. He like, it's very like French farce, like sixties mm. French farce as well, of like misunderstandings and people walking in and out of rooms and stuff like that. But yeah, the stuff that I really love, and I loved it in Seinfeld the most, and I love it in Curb, is the conversational mm. stuff. It's I think so like, good. and I know that uh, in Curb, you know, Seinfeld it was written in Curb, it, it's um, improvised. But I could listen, now that <laughs> Curb is finishing up, can we please petition for Larry and JB Smooth to do a podcast? Oh, man, it's so fun. I just want them to do a podcast. It's and no so guests. Fun. I don't want any fucking guests. Don't ruin the podcast They like generally Conan's get along podcast. and like each other because there was a time where JB was like, he was like, he annoyed Larry. Now I can tell like the only person he can really stomach is him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're just look. Just in the show or in, in the real show? Life? No, no, oh, in right. the show. Like. You like when they're at the airport and he's fat shaming the dog. Like they're always on the same, (laughs) they're always on the same wavelength. Genuinely fucking hilarious. So there's another like so the crossover from season eleven is that Larry's written a show called Young Larry, which is having a go at Young Sheldon. Yeah, and there's just this dead shit um, actress who only got the role because I can't even remember why, but it was her father owned a Mexican restaurant, and he goes, "Fine, I'll let your daughter audition." And then she was terrible. She couldn't act and she was terrible and she's a real, yeah, she's just awful. I can't remember why, but they had to give her the part. And they were like, don't worry, the show won't get picked up. And, like, the first the first scene of this season is that the show is not only a hit, but this actress who was terrible, blah, blah, she's an absolute darling. Like, she's on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. People, everywhere they go, people want she's photos. The, yeah, she's the breakout star. She's the Sheldon of, you know, like, Big Bang Theory. Like yeah, she's but it's the, like the whole, I just love, and just like Larry's face where he's like, can't people see that she's. He hates the show. He hates her. Yeah, because she's insufferable. Yeah, he's caught in a web of his own making because he can't, he can't just fucking be honest with people, uh, which is the crux of the whole show. But then he's uh, so honest with some people. So but she so has weird. this support dog, uh, which I thought like the setup for this was kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ, talk about comedy from 15 years ago, support dogs. But then they take it in this completely different angle where like the dog is overweight because she's constantly feeding it. And then JB Smooth and Larry just start fat shaming the dog, which is calling it fat, a fat bitch. <laughs> and she's like. You can't f- stop fat shaming my dog, and they're like, he doesn't have a consciousness, like it is, you know. And then, like throughout the whole episode, you just get little bits and pieces of JB Smooth calling the dog because they go on this sort of road trip together. JB Smooth keeps like calling the dog fat throughout the episode. It's just hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like it. I, I, I mean, he's not a very likable person, and I feel like you're you're very anti unlikable leads. I but fifty percent of the time I agree with Larry. Mm. So there's another scene later on in the episode where he like he's getting paid to go to this party. There's this giant rich South African guy. I, I don't. I we missed why. Oh, because he's a fan of young Larry, mm. right? So he wanted Larry and the, this girl to like come to his party, and he paid mega bucks for them to come. <laughs> and then when he gets there, he like. Gets introduced to his wife, who's called uh, was it Beck? Mm, I don't know. Is it important to the part of the story? Yes, because her name's Beck, and he calls her Becky. Brooke, Brooke, Brooke of Brookie. Yeah, so her name's Brooke, but her close friends call her Brookie. And for some reason, the husband tells Larry that, and then Larry's like. Oh, Brookie. So he starts calling her Brookie and then the husband and Brooke are like, you can't call me that. Only close friends call me that. But then some other rando who's met her once calls her Brookie and she's like cool with it. Yeah. But that's and then he can. gets really upset about that. And I'm on Larry's side because as someone who gets instantly called Damo by every fucking person <laughs> that he meets, I've <laughs> never, ever got – I've never gatekept that. 
by going, oh, no, actually only my close friends can call me Damo. You know what I mean? To you, it's Damien. So I agree with Larry. It's mm. like, of course. What what fucking difference does it make? He yeah. should be able to call her fucking Brookie just, as much as he wants. I was just looking up because I couldn't remember why um, the chick Maria Sophia was cast. And it was because last season someone tried to break into Larry's house mm. and they tripped and fell and drowned in Larry's pool. Yes. And then Larry got in trouble because he didn't have a fence. Right. And so it was the brother – of the guy who died, he's like, I'll sue you for not having the fence. And it will cost Larry millions of dollars, even though the guy was breaking into his house. Mm. If I'll sue you if you don't cast my daughter in. She wants to be an actress. <laughs> and that's that's why. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember. It was the extortion part. That's good. That's good. Uh, which is why he's like. But also, it was like, oh, this show won't work. And just the first episode, it's just like her and Kimmel. She's a star. She's on the front cover of magazines. And she's like – and then in like her interview with Kimmel, they're like, so, you know, how – you just take it so well. You're just so good at this character. You know, how do you do – how do you learn all those lines? And she's like, well, you know, they give us a script and we just kind of base it, you know, dialogue. But I generally make up all my own lines and I just, you know, I make it funnier. <laughs> And Larry, the writer, he's just like his face where you're like, this fucking asshole. Mm. He's like, I make it funnier, don't I? And everyone's like, yay. Dude, four stuff, four grumps, mate. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, Larry is I just like, don't want Cheryl to come back because she sucks. Well, just to finish that point, like, I think Larry is relatable in a lot of occasions. I don't think he, like, for me watching it, there's in most situations, <laughs> I agree with Larry. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, he's right. There's so many situations where people are being complete assholes or insane, and he calls it out. And I don't, I don't think that's being the bad guy. But then he doesn't call out other stuff. Yeah. Like, well why then, isn't he calling out this other? Why did he let this rando? But I guess if he didn't, there would not be a TV show. Yeah, I mean, like the whole premise of this episode is like, why is he going to a party to get paid? He would have been paid like fifty. K or something like that. He's a trillionaire. Like, why would he bother going all the way to this party just to get paid a pittance for him? You know, like yeah, I found like um, I I found that weird because I feel like he's a millionaire. Yeah, like so the fact that like he's doing something for money and then later in the episode he's chasing up money. Like Larry's character's always kind of been tight throughout the whole series, so like you can kind of write it away. It could have been a million dollars though. I mean, I don't know. If you've got $50 million in the bank, would you still do go to someone's house for a party if they paid for the, you know, put you up in the Grand Hyatt, paid for your airfare first class? No. And gave you a million dollars? No. Fuck no. (laughs) Especially if I've got a hit TV show on TV and I'm making money through that. No. A stranger's house. Oh, well, you know what? I think also the thing was. Do you was even that know me? We're getting married in six weeks. Do you even uh, know me? Listen, I think the thing was as well is because he was African, and he was like, "Oh well, it's this." Um, and I think he was. That's saying true. That he they thought gonna, it was like an African charity or something. Yeah, like that. and he was going to donate a bunch of money to charity and blah blah blah. And then when he got there, it was a white South African. Yeah. And he was like, "I would have done it if I knew African. he was white." <laughs> I am African. I'm from South Africa. Yeah. Anyway, I gave it four grumps, baby. What about you? Um. This is tough because, like, overall, over the course of 12 seasons, you'd have to go close to giving it five grumps, right? Because it's one of my – like, I would say, when we first met each other, I was like, my favourite TV show is a Seinfeld and Curve, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think one but, of our first um, riffs was on a, a Curve episode. Yeah, because it was we were talking about the episode where Larry's lawyer had his own <laughs> private bathroom, and Larry was infuriated that he could not use his lawyer's toilet. Yeah, even after his lawyer was like, "I'm the only one who uses my bathroom. There's other bathrooms down the hall. They're just as nice." And I agreed with Larry. And no, you, and no, I you, don't. You were so no, if I have my so own angry. toilet, that's my toilet. You, that's like when Jamie like tries to fucking go after Jimmy to establish dominance. It's bullshit. No, it's you're already in the office and no. you need to piss. Can I please use the toilet? He didn't just go in and use it. He asked first, they said no, and then Larry used so it. So he disrespected him after he was told no and still used bullshit. it. Because it's bullshit. So he's not listening to other people's like requests. Yeah, because That's the request, request is petty and bullshit. No. 
No, it using is. his toilet is petty and bullshit. It's it's the one percent gatekeeping resources. Double nine. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to give this episode three and a half grams. Yeah, it made me laugh a lot. I enjoyed it, even though there were a few things about the structure of the of the plot that I was like, ah, oh, yeah. But overall, Curb mm. is you know one of the greatest comedies. Yeah, of I just all didn't time. give it five because uh, half a point they lost because Cheryl fucking sucks. Even if she wasn't marrying a Looney Tune, I just. The I just the idea of her character and the story is, she just plays. It's uh, maybe they write it this way, but she's always just dumb. Larry, come on, like what are you saying? And it's always her being really selfish, or I just don't like the character. I think she fucking sucks. She's insanely Ev- she's, selfish. She's awful. She's worse than him. She's horrible. And the way they paint like Susie, the show, Susie comes across as a better and nicer person. Than yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And I'd much rather have scenes with Susie. Anyone he plays golf with, the golf club, Jeff, oh, the golf guys fucking JB. Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn is Vince great. Vince Vaughn, the- Richard Lewis. I don't uh, give a Richard fuck. Lewis. I don't give a fuck. But Richard and Larry's conversations. Dude, everything about Cheryl <laughs> sucks and it's the worst thing about the show. That's why it lost half a point. And it lost half a point because I felt like him getting arrested at the end. Um, I felt like that was unnecessary. It could have just ended with the chick throwing out his clothes on the balcony. Oh yeah, because he hand like yeah, JB Smooth's is it is it JB Smooth's mum or his auntie or auntie know, or something? Yeah. She's waiting to vote, and then Larry gives her a bottle of water and gets arrested for that because you can't give food or water to people in a in a voting line in Georgia, which I think is actually a real law. I think it would be a real law if they did it, um, which is I, crazy. I think it genuinely is. I remember hearing, and I think I remember hearing a news story about it. Um, which means that maybe this season will be set in Georgia. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, okay. this episode, three and a half grumps, but overall five grumps, you know, it's curb. Yeah, I think it's good, Ben. I think it's good. I'm going to keep watching. I think it's good. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. We did a good job. What I else think- do you want from us? I might need to have a coffee. I can't stop yawning, which makes me think that I take my Ritalin. I'm pretty sure I did. Hmm. Mm, it's one of the great unsolved mysteries of the universe, but oh, has it. Kelly taken a Ritalin? Um, thank you for listening, guys. We yeah. love the support. Um, it's really nice when we put the episode up to come back a week later and be like, oh, my God, a whole bunch of people listen to this. It's really, it's really nice. So we mm. love you. I love you, baby. And I love I, you, baby. And if I spoke to you in an inappropriate tone, I apologize. I apologise and I'll work to get better and be a better human. Oh, darling. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, but I love you. I love you very much. Thank you very much. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.